0: listening to the four seven podcast the podcast where two normal guys interview and reminisce about their favorite christian artists from the 90s and today
1: welcome to the 47 podcast i am rj this is mike as always uh, I am very excited today. Uh, we are welcoming uh, Seth Roberts to the uh, podcast today, uh, who is from uh, Watashi Wa, among many other things that we will get into uh, throughout the the night. So hey, thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really awesome. I'm excited.
1: So we uh started this podcast a while ago to talk to some of our favorite uh just uh, Christian rock artists back in the day and today we've had you know bands from Tooth and Nail from from Solid State um some of the mainstream ones as well um and then some newer ones uh as well it's been really cool to be able to talk and just kind of uh you know discover the person Um, And so, again, we're welcoming Seth Roberts today. Um, If you remember uh, Tooth & Nail, uh, if you were a listener of Tooth & Nail back in the day, uh, very influential um, back in the early 2000s um, and and is still doing uh, some really cool music uh, even today. So, um, again, thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So kind. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, hey, I'll, I'll get right into it. I actually found you, as always, if you ever listen to any of our, our podcasts, um, I always find these bands on the X compilation albums, uh, that uh, the Christian Rock uh, X albums, and you were on the first one as a bonus track uh, called Clear, um, and I heard you on there, and I was like, man, this sounds really good, and then I got into um, All of Me, I think was another Uh, Mm -hmm. One that I loved a ton, um, but I I discovered you on the X album from 2003, um, along with I think Toby Mac was on there, Five Iron Frenzy, uh, Switchfoot, Anne Berlin, and all that deal. So um, it was uh, X that really opened me up to like tooth and nail and such. Mike was was a longtime listener of Christian Rock way before me when I was just listening to Jars of Clay. He was already (laughs) into... The harder stuff. Um, <laughs> awesome, but uh, and I brought but, it yeah, back. So t-
0: I brought it back for today. Just kidding.
1: That's true. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about um, kind of where you know where where you grew up, and you know what was what was childhood like for you. What what kind of you know stuff were you into?
2: Yeah, I grew up in um, uh, mostly in San Luis Obispo, California. I was born in Bishop, kind of near Mammoth Mountain, and then I, when I was really young, we moved to San Luis Obispo. And, um, my parents were, you know, were amazing. My dad, uh, moved there to start a foster care agency, uh, with like family therapy. And he kind of did some, he kind of pioneered something like innovative in that world. Uh, they weren't really doing like therapeutic foster care on the West coast. So he moved to, to, you know, to San Luis Obispo to start uh agency doing that and you know since then it's been i guess uh what is it <laughs> 35 years of him uh doing that and so he's always kind of been my hero and and my parents were really supportive of me uh getting into music you know early on of course like um i kind of followed after my dad and and my grandma they played music um, and they, my grandma lived locally too. She lived like pretty, pretty close to San Luis Obispo, Morro Bay. So she taught me piano, uh, growing up and yeah, we, um, we kind of got, we were only, you know, really listening to Christian music and,
0: uh, who, who are you listening to for Christian music back then?
2: Well, at first, you know, I didn't really know much uh, when I was like younger. I was kind of like, I think my first in like third grade, my first was like DC talk and, you know,
0: amen uh, to that
2: jars of clay, all that stuff.
0: Hey and- RJ, I'm telling you, RJ, you guys are like a match made in heaven right now. Yeah. That's
1: what it is. It was, yeah. Jars of clay. And, and it was, it was, it was post hip hop DC talk for me. I had to get into that stuff later, but yeah, it was just the rock DC talk.
2: Yeah, and then there was, like, some, like, um, you know, I would find some, like, rap groups, you know, uh, or different, like, um, I think there was one called, like, now I want to say NFT, but I think that's just because <laughs> NFTs
1: are so popular. <laughs> uh, no, but,
2: no, D-Boy, I like D-Boy, and then okay. uh, there was, like, some heavy metal groups that I liked, Um that kind of that's when i discovered uh tooth and nail mm-hmm. and then um and then my parents you know they were they were on board because it was christian so that's what I, I was just became <laughs> obsessed with everything tooth and yeah, nail yeah,
0: yeah yeah, so you said you listen to so you're from california and one thing i love about the tooth and nail and i talked to a lot we talked to a lot of tooth and nail artists and um, there's a guy named Billy power who was part of the bland blender head back in the day. Yes. He's, he a, was good, also
2: he's a good friend. Good buddy.
0: His podcast was fantastic. Now, did you ever hear his podcast he had for years?
2: Yeah. It, I, yes, yeah, I love, it, I love it, Bill.
0: It was great. Podcast. And you know, a lot of the bands on tooth and nail, they're all very close. They all kind of grew up in the scene together and um, the one thing that I will bring up, i gonna kind of go forward a little bit. You were on Betty Rocket Records back in the yeah. day, in your first couple of records. Now I like to say Betty Rocket, Betty Reck- Betty Ro- Betty Rocket Records. Look, I say that fast. Out. Listen, this water is killing me today. <laughs> Betty Rocket Records was like a very, very small kind of tooth and nail kind of band because. Tooth and Nail for years was that punk rock and the hardcore scene. They had like Focal Point, they had Blenderhead, they had they started a Curve, MXPX, and then as as uh, Tooth and Nail kind of started going more away from that into the more of like the Further Seems Forever and Berlin, you know. Betty rock and picked up kind of where they left off. They had sick of it all sick of change. They had a, you guys, they had CR 33. Um, they had Phoenix was a Phoenix 11 or noggin Deboggin back in the day. How did oh, you, yeah. yeah. How did you go? Like Jeff Newsom, actually was, was I think was the lead yeah. singer of not, yeah. Now he's a yeah. world famous wedding photographer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I love Jeff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how, how did you get into the whole scene of like, with not with, um, Betty, Betty rocket records and the thing of that take us to that aspect
2: I love that I love that you know all that and I'm seeing I'm just now seeing some comments too uh someone saying they their their cousins live mm-hmm. in, yes uh, mm-hmm.
0: basketball.
2: yeah so um <clears throat> Betty rocket you know we fir- when we first started Watashiwa um we were playing a lot of churches and it was, a, it was a cool little scene in, in our area. You know, we would play like San Jose and kind of like up near San Francisco and we would go down to L.A. And it was nice that we were kind of centrally located in California because we could kind of trade shows with bands in L.A. and San Francisco, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we got to start playing with all these bands. I mean, we were playing with like Value Pack. and uh, Value
0: Pack, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time.
2: Yeah, we were playing with like Value Pack and uh, Joy Electric and all these bands. Nice. And we
0: were like You're bringing me back over here, my friend. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we were like really young. So then we would we would Betty Rocket kind of came up, and they were out of kind of Santa Cruz area, which is pretty close to us. And um, Mike, our guitar player, his his brother was in Noggin Toboggan, Jeff. Jeff Newsom. Newsom. Yep. Yeah. So Mike Newsom was our guitar player. And so when Nogginabog and signed with Betty Rocket, you know, they we was like, whoa, there's this new l- label, you know. So we kind of started, that, you know, thinking like, OK, let's make a demo tape. Let's do this. You know, let's try to get their attention. So that was our first we recorded a demo tape and we played, you know, we kind of played a couple big festival shows in our area um, and met. You know, we were playing with a lot of the Betty Rocket bands already, and so it kind of just made sense. We met Betty Rocket, and they, you know, they offered us a deal, and it was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Very exciting for. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we. I think we were like fifteen or something. Oh, Wow!
0: Like like imagine you're fifteen years old. You're playing with like Bog and Sick of Change. You're playing with Phoenix Eleven. phoenix yes, Eleven, all these all- great bands like at 15 years old i'm over here like at my friend's house just doing nothing you're touring the, you're touring california is so, that's, that's like amazing
2: yeah it was fun and we got to tour we got to do when i on my high school <clears throat> summer breaks my parents let me go on tour so we got to tour like our first tour was with emh war rocket ajax we played some shows with noggin to boggin you know and then we were playing with like um, the Huntingtons were part of it and element 101 and some of the oh, wow. tooth and nail band Element
0: 101 I haven't heard that name in like 20 years
2: Yeah <laughs> sick of change you know yes. all the all the
1: cool bands back then the, So So, yeah. so you're a, you're a 15 year old 16 year old playing with all these bands what was it like being in that uh mm-hmm. that atmosphere and and being basically doing what you want to do but being also 15 16 years old what was that like for you
2: it was crazy. I mean, it was awesome. It, it was like very much. We, you know, we felt like it, it was a calling that God called us to. You know, um, and looking back on it, we didn't. It's like I didn't really think much about it. I don't, I, or I, I didn't think as much about it as I maybe should have. Um, but I, but we were just so thrilled, and you know, we couldn't drive yet, even for like all those shows. So my dad would take us. You know, we would rent a trailer and he would take us or uh, our friend Kendall, who was older, would drive us. So but yeah, it was surreal. You know, really, it was all surreal. We would kind of like it was almost like we were living these two lives, too, because we would go to high school and we would tell all of all of our friends like, oh, after high school, we're going to go on tour and, you know musicians and everyone i remember my whole high school class like laughed at me <laughs> it was just like there's no there's no uh you know reference point for them they're like what are you talking about you know <laughs> it's yeah, like,
0: yeah. Um, you, you, you guys remind me of mxpx and when mxpx was first signed to tooth and nail they were also in high school just like you guys and then, then they would tour totally. in the summertime
2: mxpx was like they were our heroes you know and then i ended up playing with them for a little while after Watashiwa, so that was pretty surreal too but yeah they were the band that really gave us like permission because it let us know like hey this is possible like you can be in a band in high school you can be young you can do this and even showing my parents like hey listen like there's this band that i like they're in high school you know they started in high school so my parents were really supportive because they could kind of see like, oh, this is – and then obviously once we got the the deal with Betty Rocket, my parents were like, oh, this is – you know, this is makes sense. But, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Pretty – pretty I mean, everything – I feel like everything that God – uh like it, when you're really like living in faith or just kind of going after like what your calling is, then it's pretty surreal, you know.
0: You're know, at awesome. 15 years old, you know th- – because, like, I – kind of what you're saying is, like, you know, when God calls you to do something, you know, and, he, and you do it, he just blesses it, and it's just an amazing thing. At 15 years old, did you feel like God was calling you to uh, music to be – for your music industry to or your music um, band to be a ministry? Or where were you at that time?
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we were – we, were like, were very, um, like – had um, felt very strongly called to to like make music to bring salvation you know but but we wanted it was interesting because like looking back on it it was almost like we wanted to like pave this way in outside of the Christian market or something Mm -hmm. yeah so it was like almost like we were trying to fight against the plane in churches but really that was that was so special like looking back on it you know But, yeah, we always felt like, um, like, Watashiwa, I mean, Watashiwa means I am, you know, Mm -hmm. and which um, to us, like, it was always, we always had specific, like, things in mind that we felt like God called us to, you know, with that. Um, And I still feel like that's why I started Watashiwa back again. Because I I feel like God's called me back to it, you know. What, that's awesome! How like you know, that's
0: awesome how like you know God calls you to different things at different times of your life. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I do a Bible study on my, on Sunday nights at my church, and you know, we talk about you know just staying in the Word, trusting God, because God's going to have your back. He's going to show you where to go at a certain times. You literally have to just be like, whatever you want me to do, I'm gonna I'm ready for whatever you want me to do. And at different times in your life, God can call you to different places. And sometimes it might shock you. Has it shocked you that you're going back to a tissue a while years later?
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting because um, I had so many years where I was just like struggling un- trying to understand like, what was this and why? and You know, I, um, but it's like also amazing because it's like you start to realize things. Uh, you you know, God starts to reveal things over time. And then it's like, Whoa, this is this is the reason why, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely feel like a new, uh, you know, in the last like two years, like a new feeling of like, Oh, this is why God's called me back to this. And this is why, you know, I had to kind of take some time away from this. And even with the music that I was making with eager seas and um and lakes you know there was there's something about that that you know i kind of needed that season in my life you know i know that Mm -hmm. um and and it was very reflective like personal reflective music that like you know i was going i went through a divorce and went through some stuff that i kind of almost looking back i think i needed that little time of um you know processing with that 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 type of music or you know i guess that project but you know watashiwa always represented um making like very like positive uplifting music that's like fun and hopefully gets people dancing and mm-hmm. and is like bringing is inspiring people towards christ you know
0: that's awesome that's, that's, awesome. that's,
1: that's awesome. awesome so so you were, you assigned, were assigned to, to, betty, to betty, rocket. betty rocket and then mm-hmm. Tooth and Nail came around, I think it was like 02 ish. Um, yeah. Uh, when you signed to them, what was that? How did that transition come along from Betty Rocket to Tooth and Nail?
2: Yeah, I think we signed, we actually signed. So, at Betty Rocket, we signed a little earlier. I think it was like oh, 2000 and 2001.
0: Yeah. I they, they started around like 99, 2000.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember now. And then, yeah, we signed with Tooth and Nail, and then we we actually made the album a year before it came out, um, "The Love of Life," mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that was that was really <clears throat> that was a really cool experience, you know. For us, Tooth and Nail was always, you know, like I said earlier, like those are the bands that we just listened to so much, you know. We listened to everything that Tooth and Nail put out, you know. What didn't matter what genre. And so that was always kind of like a, not a dream of ours to be on the label, but it felt really like special to us, you know? Um, it was actually
0: the most perfect timing when you got signed to Tooth and Nail because around 2000, 2001, Tooth and Nail was kind of transitioning away from like the indie punk bands like MXP. Well, they still had MXPX, but like Dogwood was on their label for many years. Yeah like strong arm the blame and they start really going more to the indie pop rock stuff. And then you guys were signed right really at like that exact time when they were transitioning into what they are kind of going into till today.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like we met Amberlin and may and under oath, like all these bands kind of around the same time that we were signing at cornerstone. And um, it's cool to look back on because now, you know, obviously you see what's happened and, But yeah, it was, it was, it did feel like a perfect timing. And we, we, um, you know, I think we were so young that by the time we got to Tooth and Nail, I don't think we really realized, you know, like, it was almost like we were a little tired from the the two albums on (laughs) Betty Rocket and touring. And we were already kind of (laughs) jaded. Not really, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, we, um, that first out making that first album was amazing we recorded up in vancouver and we just couldn't
1: believe like the studio and the whole experience was just awesome um so you had the you had the love of life that was your first tooth and nail album and then a couple years or three years later you had eager seas um which i think yep. still came out under the watashi wa name Yes, um, and uh, love of life is when I got into you. And again, I just feel like we started this podcast because I feel like that time for me, that was like the golden age of like just tooth and nail and Christian music. Like there was 2000s, early 2000s. I got into Emery, I got into Anne Berlin, I got into you guys. May actually, May, we're in talks with of having them on the podcast. They were supposed to be on last week. Oh, um, awesome! And so Tell they're, they're going to be on, on
2: Whoever comes on, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was Dave. Yeah. So we uh, we're, we're, we're setting a new date. We had to, we had to, um, to cancel last week, but, um, but yeah, it's just so cool to see. And then to see that a lot of these bands, um, whether they're together or not, are still doing really awesome things um, and, uh, and their music is still being reached. I wanted to share with you, I don't know if this will make you feel old or not, but um, my seven year old um, was in the car with me just two days ago, blasting all of me um oh, and just awesome. singing so y- you have a whole new generation of people listening to uh all of me by watashi wa. so yes that's um, awesome
2: <laughs> <so> <laughs> you,
1: you mentioned you get on there you did you did an album uh the love of life you kind of mentioned it already that you were a little maybe burnt out or or just tired i don't know um but what was that like getting into the tooth and nail mix uh releasing that album and then now starting to tour with some of these bands what, what were you guys uh dealing with at that time
2: yeah, you know we we signed, um, we made the album, and then uh, we we spent a long time trying to find tours uh, to to try to like support the album, and you know hindsight twenty twenty like like I was saying earlier, we were kind of trying to not play churches uh, for the last couple of years. Before that, we had only toured church t- tours, really, you know, and so we were trying to find tours that were like more club tours and um we just couldn't find any you know it was like for so long we were just like why can't we find any anything you know and so I think looking back on it we probably should have just toured the church doors you know (laughs) just put the album out but we were being stubborn and young and um so we waited and finally we you know we did put the 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 album out and we started doing some tours like um, just small tours. Um, Nothing really like was sticking, you know, a lot of the other bands were like, uh, I think, you know, even the way because our album was like a little bit softer than that, the the other stuff, like not, not the head. It wasn't like a heavy, as heavy as Amberlynn, but it wasn't as like, um, I don't know. So for whatever reason, we were like having a hard time landing something to support the album. So finally, we we did, I think the big, the first big tour we did was that Tooth and Nail tour, you know, with, with Me Without You and Amberlyn and Emery. And so, you know, after that, we started to kind of gain some momentum and tour with more bands. Our first kind of, you know, big tour outside of that tooth and nail tour that i just remembered that was before it was with copeland um oh wow great and we both went on our first like us tours together so we neither one of us had a following you know much of a following um like so (laughs) you know the shows were amazing but looking back on it it was it was just a really fun tour uh and we became such good friends with those guys um, but, yeah, Tooth & Nail Tour kind of snowballed into some more. Um, and, yeah, it was cool. We we, we were, That's like awesome. – at that point, we were, like, just having a great time. Yeah.
1: It's funny looking back on that time and, and thinking that you guys were worried that people wouldn't show up to an Anne Berlin, Me Without You, Watashiwa Emory Emery concert. And now yeah. – <laughs> You guys could do a cruise, and <laughs> like it's just like you, like kick, Emory, you, you
0: I, kick DC talk off their cruise. You guys put your own cruise right there. I'll tell you yeah, it
1: right now. that's a great idea. No, but like <laughs> honestly, like I, you know, back in the day, I feel like those tours were everywhere. Like there was a bunch of these, and then you look back and you're like, man, I could have seen these bands for like five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like you know, like Emory, you know, they almost never come up this far, you know, to Rhode yeah. Island. So when they come around, I'm willing to I'm willing to dish it out, but um so yeah. you know you mentioned Amberlin, me without you yourselves Emery. you know that was your first i assume larger scale tour um mm-hmm. you did come up near us you were in worcester which was awesome uh, over at the palladium worcester. At the time. worcester um so you know what was that tour like for you guys um you know any any good memories from from that time
2: yeah, that tour was awesome. I mean, like I said, that it was very life changing for me. You're touring with those bands, becoming friends with those bands, um, me without you, you know, a lot of our, we we became so close with them, and they were so uh, inspirational. The way that they saw the world, like their faith and their worldview, um, it definitely like taught me a lot. Just like being around them. Amberlynn, same, like, I became, we became so close. Nate, Nate actually played on our last album, Nate um, Young from Amberlynn, played drums on the whole last album um, that we did. And we're still, you know, we're still, like, so close. Like, Steven just sang on the new album. And um, so it's, that tour was just, like, very, it was very special. It was, like, every day we were all hanging out um really really got you know got along right off the bat everyone all the bands got off you know right off like the first show we were all kind of like oh man let's go hang out i think we went to the beach after the first show and like went swimming yeah so it was rad it was really really good memories the end of the tour there was like some pranks though that that went a little south (laughs) <laughs> I think we talked about that on one of the podcasts, but oh, yeah. I
1: just- Very cool. Well, Hey, uh, you know, from there, you guys did another album uh, with tooth and nail, but around that time frame, um Watashi Wa, uh, I think essentially broke up around that time. Yeah. And yeah. you went into another project staying with tooth and nail. What happened there? You know, what, what was the transition about there?
2: Yeah. So we, it was interesting. Like our guitar player quit. Um, you know, after the love of life, uh, our our original or the second guitar player of Watashiwa, Mike Newsom, he quit after we recorded Love of Life, and so we we started playing with a our our good friend Luke, and we toured we toured and toured and toured with Luke kind of supporting that album. And then after it was, I think it was after the tooth and nail tour, Luke quit. And so we were kind of like trying to get new guitar players. And it was like, things just work, weren't working out. We were doing different tours with different guitar players. And it was, and then uh, I think we were on tour with May. Um, and our our guitar player, our at that time, you know, our most recent guitar player, actually Andrew from Sick of Change, uh, was playing guitar with us. <laughs>
1: nice.
2: You guys know Sick of Change, yeah. Talk about that, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which Andrew and I just talked last week. Funny enough, we hadn't talked in a while. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, he he needed to quit and go home on our after our first show on that May tour. So. Oh, wow. After that it was just kind of like our last blow. It was like, man, what is going on? Like we just can't keep this together. And so we we went up and recorded um an an EP with Mike Herrera from MXPX. We had talked about doing like a Watashiwa Arthur split. Do you, do you guys know the band Arthur? They're no, like Ar-
0: Ar- Arthur was MXPX's side band, right?
2: Yeah, they had like yep. a side band, side project.
0: Yeah. Was Mike so we Carrera, were, was a Mike Carreras side band specifically?
2: It was it was all the guys from MXPX and then Neil, um, their their guitar tech. Got, gotcha. Uh, so we were gonna do this, uh, you know, a, a split with them. So we went up there, we recorded. Mike produced it. That was awesome. We're gonna put that out at some point. It's, we still haven't released it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's coming, <laughs> and then, uh, so, and then right after that, things just fizzled right out, you know. So Mike asked me if if I wanted to play, start playing with them, and that's when I started playing with MXPX, um, and and with kind of broke up essentially, <laughs> and I, then
1: I so, and oh, then I ask you
0: this, yeah, go for it.
2: Oh no, no, no. you guys.
0: Now, I asked you this question. So, you're it's like you were at this mountain, like your life started, you know, 15 years old. You're you're in you're, you're 15 years old, you're on Betty Rocket Records. Then you go to the next step, Tooth and Nail Records. Then you go to the next step, you're like playing with your one of your idols, MXPX. You know, Here, right. right?
2: It's insane. Yeah,
0: describe <laughs> that. When, when you get that call, you're like, Hey, want to play with us? You're like, Excuse me, say, Yeah, name.
2: totally. No, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like, you know, just, I'm just, I'm so thankful. And, but I also felt like, oh, this was meant to be, you know, on some level, um, or God's plan, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and all, like I said, it, it starts to feel, when you're living that way, it starts to feel like, whoa, this is surreal all the time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was so fun to play with them. They're my heroes still. I love those guys still. And I played with them for a little while and then kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I want to work on my own music again. Um, and at that point I thought it was, it was like a new, essentially a new band and we were called eager seas at that point. Um, so we made a record. Mike and the MXPX guys played a, a lot on the record. Um, Cause that, you know, because Watashiwa had kind of essentially broken up lane who played in Watashi drums, he he played on that Eager Seas album. And me and Jason, and then the MXPX guys, essentially. Uh, some of the, one of the guys from 90 Pound Wuss played on some of it. And we had like, um, you know, friends come do stuff on it, sing stuff on it. Um, so it, that that album became much more of like a project album not less like a band and I that was the first album I made like that you know
1: um hmm. it was, now is which album is that one off is that the that's the agreement
2: the, one or so that is what that is what became with wa eager seas oh so okay it, i'm with you 10 years right. in separating states and all those um mm-hmm. so and the, the story is with that, we finished that album and we, the album and the label didn't really mesh all the way. <laughs> so we we ended up asking to get out of our deal. Um, you know, our A&R guy didn't really, honestly, he didn't really like the album. Um, and so that's why we called it Watashiwa. That's why we put it out under the name Watashiwa to get okay, out okay. of our, our deal. Interesting. Yeah. So glad that it's a Watashiwa album. <laughs> cause it feels like a Watashiwa album. To
0: me. <laughs> how does it go? Like you put your, like you're spent hours, maybe months, weeks, months, producing and now al- writing an album, recording an album. Your a guy gets it. He's like, that sucks. Like yeah. how does that, like, what does that do to you? Like, like, I would have been. Told, I would have been like, "Well, I don't like you either." So,
2: I don't know. Me and Chad have a way—a weird way of we. I don't know. We there's some something that just <laughs> doesn't work. Are you guys
0: still? Are you guys still friends today with the A and R guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked. We were. We, we had, he had talked to me about playing a festival that he was doing, and just saying how it was going to be a sure shot and everything, and then. Um,
1: it didn't work out.
2: <laughs> so that was the last I talked to. Him. <laughs>
1: All right. So from there, you did um, you know, things with with Eager Sea's name. Um, you did some stuff with Lakes, the lake's name., um, you mentioned, you know, uh, just personal life, uh, maybe being uh, a, a little hectic during that time. What was this time like for you after Watashiwa? Um, You know, kind of during this whole this whole period. What was that like for you? Yeah,
2: so after I after I left MXPX put out the Watashi Wa Iger Seas album uh, We did a tour with our first tour to kind of support that was with Copeland, Love Drug, Acceptance um, and us and We and then shortly after that I got married my uh, and my wife at that time, uh, to be completely honest, just didn't want me to tour anymore. Didn't want me to play music anymore. So I, hey. yeah. <laughs>
0: how do you, so, how, did, how does that conversation even like come to an agreement? Cause like you have your two loves, you have your first love music and touring. And then this new love comes in and is like, yeah, no, it's like, it's almost like the jealousy of the ex-girlfriend. No, eh, you can't be over there that's that's nothing you can't hang out over there like yes how do you pick between that one
2: it was hard and it was and i was so young and naive you know so i turn, i actually turned down a lot of opportunities at that point it was even i started like writing songs for some pretty you know major artists and i was like getting into some pretty cool opportunities and um you know we did the ep with militia group the the lakes photographs ep and we were pl- we planning on kind of tor- starting a tour and uh get that lakes off the ground and then um s- that was kind of when the the big news dropped that i had to <laughs> i couldn't really tour you know um and then uh we ended up i ended up having kids two girls which nice. i'm so yeah so thankful for and so touring, you know, I, I would just kind of like got more into recording projects with lakes. And so we would tour as much as we could, you know, as much as made sense with, with trying to focus and being present as a father and, and a husband. And, um, and then we, um, you know, I, I went through that, the divorce and made, you know made a couple albums about that about like you know the agreement album and um and you know fire ahead were very much uh you know about that time in my life and then uh got remarried fire ahead is a lot about that too and um kind of like my my daughter's now as they're getting older, I've been able to like get more into music again, you know, again. And, um, so the last album we did mine as well, you know, we did, we did some touring on those last couple albums. Um, we did, we toured with like Amber, Amberlynn on their farewell tour and, uh, you know, kind of got to do some cool things around, around some of those albums. Um, and, yeah, just recently we've, we're, you know, we're about to put out a new album this year, or maybe two albums this year, but I think for sure one. Um, no, and no. like I said, kind of got back into doing Watashiwa again. So.
1: Okay, nice. So during that time, you mentioned you got remarried, uh, you, you have two two daughters. What was it like? Have, you know, uh, your two daughters are now uh, uh, older, I, I assume. Yeah. What do they think of. You, your Watashiwa, Wa, your, your musical career. What is that like for them having you as, as, as a father?
2: Yeah, it'd be cool to ask them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're 13
2: and 15. And uh, so we're my oldest is a sophomore in high school. And so they're listening to a lot of music that, you know, honestly, that I used to listen to. And it's fun age because they're listening to stuff that we listen to. And that stuff's kind of coming around again
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind
2: of cool again and so even some of the stuff I think that you know I think they think I'm their friends think I'm cool, you know
0: uh,
2: <laughs> but there's definitely like still that thing of like duh. they call me <laughs> Papa they call me Papa so they're just you know they are you know embarrassed of me they they think I'm not as as cool as they are but <laughs> but they so yeah for they me
1: think I'm cool. I have, I have. Uh, oh man, I gotta count them. I have four children, and um, oh, I, awesome. I uh, am at the point now where I try to get them into the music that I like to listen to, so that I don't have to listen to bad music. But similarly, the uh, they've got me into their music too. Yes, I have to. Li- I listen to Taylor Swift quite often. Hey Tay, my faith That's fine. Uh, you know, some of the stuff they're listening to. Have they? brought you into any music that you're you you sh- you know maybe shouldn't say out loud all right what are you what are you listening to with your daughters that you know is not oh cool?
2: no i mean i like everything i like all music um and honestly i love pop music and i've introduced like i told them about lizzo i was like lizzo's gonna be <laughs> you guys don't even know and they were like what what is this i played yeah. water me for them uh so you know, I try to, like – i lo- I'm obsessed with music, so I'm always listening to new music. and Yeah. Um, but then they introduce a lot of cool bands to me that I've never – There's a- all these cool new bands that sound like bands that I used to listen to, and I'm <laughs> like, whoa, this band's awesome. Um, and they're kind of into um, the, mo- you know, cool music that I think nice. they're – a lot of their friends too are kind of into stuff that I used to even listen to. And and when I was younger, like the Smiths and so, yeah, it's fun. It's a cool age with music for them, that high school age, you know, but they, of course we listened to Taylor Swift a ton with them growing (laughs) up, you know, and all the Katy Perry and all the pop stuff. Um, but, I'm not. I listen to that stuff anyways, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with it too. So, yeah. Um, so you know, Eager Seas, you came out with. Um, you said mine as well uh, back in eighteen in 2020. As you, as everyone knows, we hit our our pandemic across mm-hmm. the world. Uh, what has the last two years been like for you? Um, I guess on one hand, musically, and then on the other hand, uh, personally. Uh, how how have the last two years been for you?
2: man yeah really hard really rocked my my world uh and and good good and bad you know um but musically you know i made a lot of music i made probably like four albums or something or i'm not done with them yet but um you know enough to kind of finish up four albums and so that's exciting and i'm really you know for me it became this time of my family went through a lot um, you know i'm i'm remarried i are co-parenting with my ex-wife and there's a lot of challenges that every family faces with that you throw in a pandemic you throw in a high schooler that's starting high school first year online you know yeah. and And then all of these factors of like, you know, me and my ex-wife don't really see eye to eye with faith or, or, um,
0: that's going to be a challenge
2: or even the pandemic stuff, you know? And so that became a really big, that became a really big, um, challenge because, you know, it's like, it's already a hard time in the world. And then our, you know, our family is kind of faced with this, like, Term, almost like inner turmoil of like not being aligned um, on the same page because everything got heightened. You know, everything got so fearful with the media and there, this like to pick a side, choose a side, this side or that side. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and I just so, picked
0: the right. I just picked the right side. That's all I did.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so obviously that influence music became kind of my outlet to like, to really express all my ideas, honestly, as like a almost 40 year old with, with daughters that I'm trying to teach them. Like, this is what I believe is right. You know? So the music really became reflective of that. Like, this is my faith. This is like what I believe as an adult father, husband, that's like, feeling called by God to make music again. Um, And it's just, it feels like it's just coming out of me. Like I'm waking up every day. I'm like, I'm recording three songs in the morning. Like, oh my gosh, there's all these ideas. (laughs) So I'm praise God. Like I'm excited what happened during the pandemic with that. But it was also that challenge of like, you know, I'm, I made a lot of music, made a lot of art. Um, at the same time that I'm trying to, um, be, be wise and be a leader in my family, you know,
0: you know, going through that divorce and then writing music, you know, where would you, how, how did that impact your faith? Cause I find a lot of times when, when people come, when push comes to shove in situations in life, people either go one way or the other, you know, very rarely do people just kind of stay in the middle you know, you know, I think I feel like the Satan can really pull someone Absolutely. one yeah. way. Like where, what happened, where did you go? What, what was your struggles during that time?
2: Totally. That's a great question. You know, honestly, going into the pandemic, I was like in a pretty lost, uh, I got to be honest, like a lost yeah. place. Like I was kind of, I felt like um, God called me back to, to him, you know, um, and, you know, looking back on it, I see why, you know, I see why um, I kind of got lost in a way, you know, like going through the, those things of like a divorce and everything. It's like, you know, it's like my, everything was kind of like thrown into chaos and trying to just re gather myself and re understand who I am and all that, you know. So, and then even my faith, like I was raised Christian with a Christian family. I went to Christian school, K through 12. I went through like a Christian preschool. So I definitely went through this, like trying to question my, like, is my faith real, you know? And especially after, after that divorce where it was like, man, I really, I mean, it helped me, it, it really like rocked my world. It, It like really pushed me into this place of like questioning Everything, you know, um, but it also, it also helped me see so much. And now I think really getting to that point where my kids, my daughters um, are now older and they're facing these things where it's like, okay, I really am at this point where I need to, I need to teach. I really need to figure out what do I believe about this? And then you start to see like, oh, that is what I believe. That's that's what I'm saying. And then the pandemic just really, that was when it was just like, boom, that, that really pushed me into a place. Like I said, that I feel like God like just woke me up. You know, it was like an awakening for a lot of people. Um, and definitely like for me as like, like a father, it really was, it, it was almost like he, I felt like he called me to like step up and be a leader in my faith for my daughters. And then in the same way in my art and in my music and in all that, like, I felt like just like, now's the time you got to say something because what's happening in the media. I work for news. I do a lot of work for news corp, you know, mm-hmm. um, the news corp company. And, I just feel like what's happening in the media and in the way that artists um, and musicians are so influenced uh, by what I think is not <laughs> what I believe. Like, I think it's, it's the biggest time to take like artists to like make art and music and, and movies or whatever that that is like a full expression of like, this is what I believe as like a Christian man of God, you know, in the coolest way possible, obviously, you know, make something. But I think that we're going to see a little bit of a art renaissance, you know, Christian art renaissance, um, because there's a lot of people like me that feel like, okay, I, you know, I want to be a little bit more vocal now about um, what I believe, you know, and there's a lot, you know, there is a lot in the album about the pandemic and, you know, I tried to kind of take a, a silly, not a silly, but like a lighthearted, um, you know, Watashi Wa view on, on it, but this it is very much like honest about what I think about the, the pandemic and, and um, just like where we're at right now as a society.
0: You know, I agree with you. Well, two things I agree with. The first thing I want to say is I agree with you that, um, well, first I commend you for when you were going through that trial. You know, the Bible says, you know, from James chapter 1 verse 1 is through trials is the testing of your faith. And a lot of times people say, you know, God bless me. And they always, they always say material things. God bless me with a, a new phone or whatever money. But they never say God bless me with a trial. Mm. And Those trials, i am tell you right now, we wouldn't be who we are without trials in our life. Yeah, absolutely. We we have an opportunity to look that trial and the faith and say, you know, God, I am with you on this one. God, whatever you take me, I'm going, but I'm going with you and nobody else. And that sounds exactly what you did. And I think that's awesome. And the other part I want to say is, you know, I'm Harry. I I believe right now, especially in our Christian faith in this world, we're almost trying. Not we are, but people are almost trying to shut us up and say things. And I feel like I'm not saying Christians have to get political, but I'm saying that Christians do need to start speaking. Yeah. Talking about, talking about their faith. Like it says in Matthew, it says, go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. It doesn't say sit on your butt, but it does say we are to try to make disciples, but try to, mm-hmm. we need to talk about our faith, express yeah. our faith.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I appreciate you telling us your, your story over the last couple of years here. You know, we, I've dealt with very similar things. I went through a divorce uh, back in 1617, uh, and both mm. of us are Christian, and that was just a tough world to navigate—divorce in, you know, in the church and the Christianity uh, realm of things. And I have two kids from that marriage that are now uh, nine uh, or ten and uh, seven, um, and just having to um, guide them through that time along with myself, um, and then on top of that, you know, just like you having, you know, an ex that I have to work with, uh, and we don't always agree or, or, or see things eye to eye. Um, yeah. And then the pandemic hitting, you know, just like you said, it's, it's, um, it's been a very teachable moment for my kids, you know, we, we've we tried to use all of the stuff that happened in the last two years, you know, in our world in our country, um, to as, as teachable moments, you know, for our kids.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. So
1: it, it's, it's great. I'm glad that you, you went through that. But you mentioned a couple of things about this coming year. You mentioned uh, I think working on some stuff with seas uh, as well as Watashiwa or is it all Watashiwa? Uh what, what's this year look like for you?
2: Yeah, just Watashiwa um okay. is my focus right now. Like I said I I always felt like you know, I felt called to Watashiwa at a young age and and I feel called to that again. And um so we have we do have an album that is finished that's <laughs> like coming out for sure this year, <laughs> awesome. so that's exciting and it's got a lot of the guys that we talked about like Josh from Dogwood is on it and Matt from Reliant K. Is he really, hey.
0: Josh from Dogwood's on. What's he doing on it?
2: Billy from Blenderheads on is
0: he, it. Is he really?
2: Yeah, a Sweet. bunch of friends. Yes, nice. We yeah, had,
0: so. we had Josh from Dogwood on it on this podcast. A third or fourth podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's my homie. I love Josh.
1: Yeah, so, so what does Watashiwa look like now? If you were to like, do you picture yourself going and playing some shows this year or next year? Um, absolutely, or is this, yeah, okay. So, what, what does Watashiwa look like now? Are, are those guys just guesting on stuff, or do you have a lineup?
2: We have a band. So, Jeremy from Noggin to Boggin is actually in, in the band in my band um, and then uh, a couple guys that I've been playing with for a couple, you know, for a while, Teddy um, and miles, miles plays guitar and Teddy plays drums and, and then we we're, you know, we'll probably tour with different people de- depending on the tour, but yeah, our plan is uh, to tour full time. Um, when the album comes out, <laughs> you know, as much as we can. And, uh, you know, my goal is to play music full time again. Uh, I, I really feel like, um, you know, I feel like it's where I feel called to. It's where I feel like the most myself. And, um, so I, I really, you know, our goal is to, uh focus fully on Watashiwa and, and start kind of like gearing up to do that as much as possible with, with as touring and everything gets more normal with this COVID stuff. So now,
0: is your current wife saying that you can tour?
2: Yeah, totally. Like her. Um,
0: keep, her. keep her. I like her.
2: Yeah. She, she, she's very supportive. Very, she loves, she loves my
1: music and yeah, it's, she's Give she her loves. a
0: high five for me when you see her. I will. (laughs) We do have a a question.
1: We do have a question from uh, one of the listeners. Why do you, where did you have a bigger following in California? Uh, He's asking stuff you've already answered here. Throw a show. You know, would you throw a show today? Uh, Where would you want to play? If you could play anywhere out, you know, where would you want to play?
2: Well, we all, I mean, we're from San Luis Obispo. So we always have a really good time in our hometown, of course. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, and that's probably like where we, got the biggest following, because that's where we're from. But we always love playing in LA and San Francisco. Um, I love San Jose, you know, and Fresno. We always like, when, when we were really young, like early years with Watashiwa, we had a great time playing in San Jose and uh, Fresno. So those places, they always treat us right. And a lot of those bands, you know, like Frito Boat uh, from San Jose and they became, li- like, later on, like, Fighting Jacks. and um,
0: Oh, I haven't heard that in a really long time. They released just one album on Tooth & Nail years ago. Yeah. It was literally just one album. I remember, I remember to this day. Yeah, I had <laughs> yeah, a lot left. of those
2: Betty Rocket bands, too. They were from up there. So San Jose area, they were, they were good. Logan, actually, from Frito Boat is on the new album, too. He plays saxophone nice. on the new album.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, excited about it. It sounds like a good year coming up.
2: Yeah. We're gonna announce stuff soon. We don't have everything fully dialed yet, but probably in the next couple of weeks we'll be announcing release dates. So
0: are you awesome. amazed how your life, how God kind of like stirred like kind of guided the boat full circle to where it is today?
2: Yeah, I am amazed. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I'm humbled and you know, glory to God, all glory to God. I'm, I like, I'm so thankful at this point in my life to still be playing music and, and have the support and people that, that care to listen and yeah, yeah yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what God has planned. You know, I didn't, you know, looking back on all those years, I never really thought anything of it. Like I said, when it was happening, but then you look back and I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, so you know, I was
0: going to ask you this question earlier, but we got, we got ahead of ourselves, but looking back you literally had you were playing at like one in my opinion like the best time in christian music you had amberlynn with you you had further Seems forever you had mxpx you were on one tooth and nail just started getting really you had all these amazing bands that you played with and now you're friends with like i know like maybe looking back you're like oh it was just mxpx or it's just amberlynn but now it's like whoa, it's amberlynn it's mxpx we played with and stuff like that
2: yeah Totally. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. It's life surreal.
0: Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Hey, thank you very much for, for taking your time to hang with us and, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, your life. Um, uh, what we normally do from here is we'll release this, um, out to uh, Spotify and, um, all the other, you know, listening, uh, things probably in about a week or so. Uh, we leave it up on our Facebook and YouTube as well so people can check it out there. So, um, awesome. but yeah, thanks again. And in the future, uh, when you guys actually release, uh, the album or stuff like that, you're more than welcome to drop by again and, and let I'd everybody to, know yeah. about it. So, um, yeah, but we, we appreciate to. it. Um, and thank you everybody at home, you know, for, for listening today. Um, this has just been another episode of the four seven. Um, I am going to, uh, drop off in a second here. If you don't mind hanging on, we'll, uh, we'll talk after the uh, live is over. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much guys.
0: Hey, have a good good. One.
1: Thank you guys. Have a good one.
0: Listening to the 4 7 podcast, the podcast where two normal guys interview and reminisce about their favorite Christian artists from the 90s and today.